slack guy. I'm a fucking slack guy. I'm a fucking slack guy. I'm a fucking slack guy. I'm a slack guy. Duh. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? That was a bit of an odd intro, wasn't it? I'm feeling that kind of way today. I'm feeling a bit of a bit of a silly mood. I'm feeling like I'm I'm here for a gas. I'm here for a bubble, as they say in the grime scene in London. Yo, I'm here for a bubble, yeah? And like for those of you who don't know uh, what what bubble means on the grime scene, it means a laugh because it's a bubble bath, yeah? You have a bubble bath laugh, which uh, is a true story um, because I was told it by somebody, so obviously that's got to be true. Only ever experienced the phrase bubble once when I was in Southampton, of all places. I was there visiting some friends, as you do. You don't just be in Southampton because, I mean, that would be... Peculiar. <clears throat> so I was in Southampton, been out for the night. Let's just say a few drinks have been had. And by a few I mean it's blitzed. And as per before you go home, you like to stop to, you know, focus on nutrition and, and basically prep, hangover prevention, that's what we're doing. So we went to a burger van to get a kebab and when we were there, um there was a guy who, I mean, I'm not going to say I know what his origin was or what, like, what, where he was from. He could have just been from Southampton and had a pretty dope accent. But the guy was like, uh, you know, he's speaking like this to this guy. He goes, you bloody bastard, stop it, bastard, right? And the, there's this guy who was basically just pushing his wee van back and forward, going, oh, hey, oi, oh, hey, oh, hey, oi. He goes, stop that, you bloody bastard, you bloody bastard. And the guy was like, fuck, you know, mate, I'm only having a bubble. He goes, there's fucking boiling oil in here, bubble, fuck off. <laughs> and the guy was like, all right, mate, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And he's like, you bubble, fuck off. Fuck off with your bubble. Fucking burn me with oil, bastard. Fuck off. And the guy was like, turn around us. He goes, what the fuck, lads, only having a fucking bubble, ain't it? And I was like, yeah, man, to be fair, he is in a van with just, just boiling oil around him, fucking bubble bastard. <laughs> you know, the bubble bath, but you're a bubble bath bastard. But that was real funny, and then by the time we got to the poor guy, um, I was like, can I have a kebab? And he was like, thank yes you can, bastard. I was like, well, don't call me that, dude. Sorry, I've still got bastard in my head because the bastard and bubble bastard was pissing me off being a bubble bastard. And you know what, do you want a burger and a bubble bastard? and want a kebab and a bubble bastard? And I said, nah, just can have a kebab and coke. Fuck's sake, bastard, yes. And then whenever the order came through, I was like, oh, that's, that's real sweet. Is the other one there? What? And I said, the other... The other kebab we'd order one for each of us, so you know we'd order two kebabs. He already ordered one bastard. I said, nah, definitely ordered two. He goes, I'm telling you, ordered one. And I was like, look, look, man, definitely ordered, ordered one, ordered. I swear to but one. I swear it was two. You ordered one. I said, I'm telling you, I ordered two. You ordered one bastard. And I said, I didn't order any bastards. Ordered two kebabs. He goes, you ordered one. You ordered one. You ordered one. You ordered one. By that point, I was like, here, is that bubble guy around to fucking shake his van up again? But needless to say, got the two kebabs for me and my mate, and that was how <laughs> the bubble started. So guys, that's three minutes worth of content. This is just a really weird random story from about the year 2008. But that's what you get upon the Sly Guy podcast. You get stories from history about guys who were sly. And to be fair, the guy was a bit rattled by the, the bubble boy. But at the same time, didn't have to call me a bastard because, I mean, he didn't know, you know, my family history. He didn't know whether I was or I wasn't a bastard. Now, technically, I am not a bastard born within wedlock. My daughter, on the other hand, full-blown bastard. 
outside of wedlock she's a bastard if i ever go back to southampton i want to buy a kebab i'll bring her and i'll be like here man can i just get a kebab for myself i'm bastard he'll go that is real bastard you're not real bastard you were married this real bastard you're not real bastard 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 and i'll go i'm sorry i brought this child here she's by a stage probably let me see it's two at the minute probably let's be realistic we'll not go to southampton just to see that guy so i can get uh, a fully uh, middle-aged man to call my daughter a bastard. And what's the weird thing? You're probably imagining a certain type of guy in your head. You're probably putting together a look of this guy. What does he look like? What you know? What sort of origin does he have? I mean, I could just throw a spanner in the works for the sake of the story and say, white man, blonde hair. Obviously, you all know that's entirely false. But for the sake of it, it was a white man with blonde hair. And, you know, kind of similar to what my daughter is, bastard, Aryan, you know? So all I'm saying is if... <laughs> If, you know, the other lads that have won the war back in the day, my daughter would be pretty sweet right now. Do you know, because she's an Aryan girl. She's got that blonde hair, those blue eyes, those blue peepers. You know, her hair will inevitably turn dark like mine did. I mean, it's kind of in many ways reflective of my soul in life. You know, when I was young myself, I was blonde haired, blue eyed. I was an Aryan dream. But as time gone on, you know, life just started hardening me. My hair started going dark. And then effectively just started <laughs> turning light again. And by light I mean grey. I'm falling out of my head and thus I'm kind of bald guy. <laughs> yeah, life's a real shitter, isn't it? Really fucks you. <laughs> you start off looking at you're this sweet. You're like, like, I start off, I look like I could have been just fucking floating around inside some kind of, you know, fountain display in an Evian advert. You know, whereas now I just look like a fucking fat old cunt. <laughs> yeah. Life, life's a fucker. It hits you with some curveballs, doesn't it? Yeah, gets you with a curveball. So that's life. But for the meantime, my daughter, she's a nice little Aryan. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it's 2020. She's a nice little Aryan child, you know. Um, <laughs> whoa, guys, I should have recorded this podcast whenever I initially said on Thursday, as opposed to leaving it to 5 o'clock on a Sunday, you know. I'm... Listen, I'm a bit hungry here. You know, it's nearly time for my Sunday dinner. So this has been six minutes of content that I I don't know how I can explain. You know, Uh, but hey, we're doing it. (laughs) We're cracking on. And also on another note, I'm not saying I would get killed by any particular parties if the other side had won the Second World War either because I've, I've stopped being Aryan. You know, if they did if they did win, they would just be like, that guy's too strong to put the waste. We will put him in to fields with shire horses and he can carry the heavy plough <laughs> through the field. And I mean, fuck, I'd be so jacked if I was just pulling ploughs. Like, just me and a couple of fucking shire horses just trudging fields. So that'd be fucking out just trudging. Ah, uh, yeah, baba. Because I don't know what, well, I've never said that phrase before, but I just, the motion I did there was if I was plowing, I just went, yeah, baba! Because that's what I would shout, I imagine. I imagine if it was ever in that scenario. We'll never know because I just do an office job and then tell jokes. So, I mean, it's definitely far removed from that. And by that stage, I don't think anyone will ever be in fields ever again because it seems to me like the world's about to end with coronavirus. I don't know much about it. Now, everyone knows who's listeners to this podcast that I am, like, I'm very, I'm, I'm a very knowledgeable guy. You all know that. You know I'm very smart on many levels. I know an awful lot of, some would say pointless information. Yes, that's true. But also I know a lot of other things, a lot of very intelligent things. Now, science is not one of those things. I'm not a scientist. 
I'm not a scientific-minded person. I did single award science at school, so that would free up the option for me to do art and physical education because in many respects, that's what I am. I'm an artist. You know, I'm a, I'm a comedy artist and a physique guy. Combine those two, physical education and art. Oh, boom. Did I do a degree in... Did I do a degree in criminology and criminal justice? Yes. Should I have probably done a degree in aesthetics yes i should have done i should have done like a bodybuilding degree just focused on the art of the human body that's what i should have done i should have been sculpting and pumping instead of trying to figure out what the fuck's going on in hannibal lecter's mind without actually realizing that's not what criminology and criminal justice will enable you to do it'll enable you to go and just work an office job for 10 years and then on the side tell jokes but then that then frees up some time for you to go and you know make some shit you want to make you all know what i'm saying hustlers and bitches and shit yeah so what i'm saying is i made a balls choice back in the day you know i should have probably just focused on the art side rather than going through the criminology side but that's not the point science is the point i did single award which i did get a d in to be fair and because listen you know what science is all about getting that d you know because biology is all about reproduction and reproducing and as you all know your boy is versed in that you know, I am a man who, <laughs> oh fuck, I, have I been drugged? I am, I'm, I'm a man whose sperm lives. I'm a man, my sperm are like me in a field. They're just plowing through fallopian tubes. Yeah! On the way to just fucking have, oh, this is my two-year-old daughter I'm talking about. What is wrong with me? Yeah, I'm just basically... Science did me no good, but I've proved biology I can complete it, right? That was my point, but it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all, because my next topic I'm going to discuss is the coronavirus. I don't know what the coronavirus is. All I know, it's like something, as I said, out of 28 days later, right? I don't know what it is, <laughs> what happened, but I'm going to try to... Um, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to actually look up what coronavirus is right now on the internet. Let me see. Because it'll just tell me, oh, it's taking over everywhere. It's terrible. Um, right, I'm going to try and tell you what I think coronavirus is before I give its like proper definition. I think, right, coronavirus is something that gives you technologically advanced leprosy. Okay, so back in the days of Jesus and stuff, whenever they used to be allowed to you know, put put people in the camps and make them wear bells if their skin fell off. I kind of think, like, coronavirus is just a more technologically advanced version of that. Now, again, through being someone that's not scientifically minded, but I'm, I'm learned, you know, I like to learn things. I like to go and investigate things that I don't know. I, you know, there's some people in the world, don't in name names, Shane Todd, who don't know things. They're stupid and dumb, and they don't educate themselves on things. They just believe that their stupid and dumb thing is the way it is. Like, for example, testing if food is cooked by licking it with your tongue, right? But I would be like, I wonder if that's right. And I Google it and go, nah, I'm mental. So what I'm going to try and do here is look up what coronavirus is and try to, you know, listen, help you guys. This is apparently a, a comedy podcast. But at the same time, I like to educate and save people. Um, so let me just a wee quick nosy here. I'm on the World Health Organization website. I mean, it's a good place to start. You know, let me see. 
Coronaviruses, okay, are a large family of viruses that cause illness ranging from the common cold to more <laughs> to more severe diseases such as Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. 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 I did English lit. I can't speak, but not on this occasion. And severe acute respiratory syndrome. SARS. The new coronavirus, or as I'm going to call it for the sake of this, coronavirus 2.0. Wow. Um, has not been previously identified in humans. Coronavirus viruses are zoonotic, which I don't know what that means, but it's going to explain here. But meaning that they're transmitted between animals and people. Whoa. So basically means that if you're like, I don't know, at Streamfield Farm and you're like getting a bit too close, let's just say, to a llama, it might go, have some fucking coronavirus, right? I assume that's what that means. Um, but investigations found that SARS was transmitted from civet cats to humans and the other type of coronavirus from drum- dromedary camels to humans. Several known coronaviruses are circulating in animals and have not yet been infected into humans. Common signs of the infection include respiratory systems, fever, cough, shortness of breath, and breathing difficulties. In more severe cases, infection can cause pneumonia, severe acute respiratory syndrome, kidney failure, and hey, in some cases, death. Whoa. Standard recommendations to prevent infection uh, include regular hand washing, which I do. Nice one. Covering the, your mouth and nose when coughing and sneezing. I normally do that, but yesterday I did cough on my way into Tesco's and I thought to myself, fuck, have I just spread? Man, it's, I don't even think about it. Making sure you thoroughly cook your meat and your eggs and avoid close contact with anyone showing symptoms of respiratory illness, such as coughing and sneezing. Oh no, Holly's been coughing a lot recently and I had a cough last week, so, you know, I don't want to kind of say it, but... I think we've got coronavirus, guys, which means, um, basically, I don't really know what it means. You know, it means that, that you're not in an ideal scenario. You know, I don't think um, anyone wants coronavirus. So what I'm saying is, listen, guys, there's a problem. We need to try and solve this together. Wash your hands. Drink lots of water. It didn't say that in that advice, but I'm telling you anyway, because, listen, Daddy knows. Wash your hands. Drink lots of water. Keep away from anyone with coughs, colds, whether that be your children elderly family members you know i hate to say it but it's survival of the fittest you know you need to just ditch people who look sick to you you know you need to ditch that now there's been a bit of a balls up here because there's some coronavirus has managed to make its way in the ni there was some doctor who looked very proud of himself a couple of weeks ago being like here it's coming and everyone was like mate relax it's not two weeks later the fucker's right it's here and it turns out they don't the hospitals, the NHS, in here, don't have the sufficient um, preventative measures here to deal with. There's not enough masks. So what's going to happen, basically, in hospitals, staff are just going to get coronavirus. So what's likely to happen? My wife, Catherine, will get coronavirus from being in hospital. I will get coronavirus. Nothing will happen to me because, as you know, I am kind of, in many respects like a cat i've nine lives times i'm like i'm a big cat so bigger cats have more i'm probably 17 lives or something i'll survive i'll fight through i'll duck the head and i'll charge on and i'll survive but my poor wife's gonna pop her clogs i'm a baby i'm a dog 
as well. Which, to be fair, I wouldn't mind if my dog got coronavirus and died right now because I've fucking had enough of that weed. Oh, no. I've just realised my dog's Chinese. He could have done it. Would be typical. Because now that he's 13, he's just started shitting and pissing in the house just for badness now. No other reason than badness. I got up this morning and oh, now Catherine went to work for 6am or left the house at 6am which was great except you know the weather outside was weather and it was very blowy and it was very loud and door banged woke Holly woke me and I was like oh no I had to go back to bed with Holly as she watched Peppa Pig on my phone until the time came where she decided to get up to signal that she just smashes me in the bridge of the nose with the phone and I'm like Fuck, this is a terrible way to start your Sunday. So it's like 20 past 6. I go downstairs to let the dog out. Nah, he's made his way down there already. Taking a big hangover, pissing the floor and done a big dump on the floor. At that point, I'm like, look, the wee man probably needed out. Catherine probably could have let him out before she went. You know, it's probably not his fault. Didn't feel too bad. I was a bit like, this is an inconvenience. It's not nice, but it's an inconvenience. It's cleanable. It's not in the carpet. It's fine. I got it all cleaned, got it disinfected, washed my hands, did all that. Hashtag coronavirus prevention. And then it was fine. I gave him some breakfast. I fed Holly, went into the living room with her, let her chill out for a bit. Then she just walks over to the gate and goes, Charlie, bad boy. And I thought, Holly, he's not been a bad boy. He's already been a bad boy. I've cleaned it. It's grand. She goes, no, no, Holly, ba- or Charlie, bad boy. And I went, what? And I walked out, and there's just one nugget of shit, which is the size of, like, a small chicken Kiev ball. Just sitting there. And I was, like, in fact, for those of you who don't know the size of a small chicken Kiev ball, I'm going to say it's the size of, a, and, and shape and look of a Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. For any of you people don't speak French like me, right? I'm looking out there, and I was like, my first thought is not, oh no, there's a shit in the floor, was, why would you do that? Like, I have given you the benefit of the doubt, I didn't lose my rag with you, and you've just done this to me. And then I went out and obviously shouted at him, said, you're a, well, I went, Charlie, why'd you do that, unnecessary? But it, obviously I screamed, Aah! and then sent him out the back for a bit, and then, that was fine. My sister decided to call around to visit, that's fine. But she called around literally just as Holly had gone down for a nap. So then Holly woke up. She's like, oh, my God. And then that was all all good, all gravy, as they say. And then next thing, you know, I let Charlie back in. It's fine. He's being good for a bit. My sister goes. Um, I go and put Holly back down for a nap again. And then I come downstairs and shit on the floor again. Now he's probably going, he needed to go. But throughout all of this time... I've had him out the back and he's done nothing. He's run about 10, 15 minutes ago. Comes in, drops the shit in the house. Now, you know, thinking rationally, would I rather shit outside or inside? Definitely inside, but it's not the point. He should have done it outside. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I gave the boy a sausage today. You know, I gave... And any time I normally give boys sausages, they're grateful. They don't shit in the floor. If anything, they find it difficult to shit. But I gave Charlie a nice Denny sausage. He ate it up and he shit in the floor as thanks. You know, I'm looking at him now, like he's a 13-year-old dog, which in dog years is like, I don't fucking know, 114 or some shit. And I'm looking at him like, man, it might be time for you to go and get made into a Pritt stick, my friend. You know? Um, I think he's annoying Catherine so much. She would have... She was, he started as her dog, you know, whenever we first... 
um, met Charlie was probably somewhere along the lines of like eight or some shit. He'd been with her through thick and thin. You know, she was she loved him the bits. I actually felt a wee bit sorry for him in the beginning because when she went to work, he was kind of outside in his wee kennel and that was cold. So I said, you know what, this is early stage for our relationship. I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to look like the good guy. I was like, hey, Catherine, listen. I don't know why I turned into LL Cool J, but I was like, yo, Catherine, baby, listen to me. I'm licking my lips here. I know you can't see because it's still not a video podcast yet. But I'm like, yo, baby, don't leave your dog outside. It's cold, baby. Bring him around to me, baby. I'll look after him. You come get him on the way home from work, yeah. Mm. And she was like, that's really kind. So she brought him around. I remember the first time I had Charlie myself. I didn't really get on with him when it was the two of us. Because I said to Catherine something that she still reminds me of to this day. I said, I don't think he is very much character. Now, is that a wanky thing to say about a dog? Yes, I'm embarrassed to say it. But I did. I said, he doesn't really have much character. Just because he would have been quiet and just like looked at me and stuff. Whereas now I realise he's a full-blown fucking fruit loop. But at the time I didn't realise. So then I said, yeah, just come around. Drop him into my house. I'll look after him. You go to work. You can sleep on the floor in my bedroom. Um, and I'll just, you know, look after him, keep him warm, look, keep him safe. She said that's really kind. So, I remember he came in. It was the first time we'd been alone, just me and him. And I had sort of sat on my sofa, and it was a three-seater sofa. I was sitting on in front of the TV. He sat on, like, the arm of the far side of the sofa. I just sat on it and stared and looked at me, and it was big shih tzu eyes, like... Fuck are you gonna do? That's the vibe I got from me. He's looked at me like, what? What the fuck even are you? Why am I here with you? Normally I live outside in the cold. Why am I in this really warm house with you? You big fat bearded fuck. And I was looking back at him, being like, man, why the fuck are you looking at me like that? I've brought you into my house and saved you from the cold. You fucking ungrateful Chinese fuck. And then he just flumped himself down off the off the corner of the settee with his wee fluffy tail and just pumping with his slowly ponced his way out into the kitchen. Now I'm like, right, do you need a pee, Charlie? I'm thinking, this is what we do. We'll let him out, go for a pee. So I brought him out, let him out. He walked out, stood in a step, turned around, just jumped against the door to get back in. I went, right, fair enough, going back in. I went back to sit down in the settee, and then I just could hear this noise, like trickle, trickle, and I just walked out, and he's just standing, staring me in the face, just pissing on the mat at the back door, as if to go, hey, and I sort of, at that point, was like, "What? The f- why are you doing this? And I kind of thought, fair play, he's marking his spot. He's just being like, hey, you're trying to get into my, my woman here, and I don't like it, and I respected that from him. Whereas over the years, I've just gone, seriously, mate, like, you're my, you're my dog now. Stop doing this. Stop shitting and pissing on the floor and just be dead on. Stop walking where my feet are going, not even where my feet are. He doesn't even walk between your feet. He walks where your foot is going. So you stand on him, you feel terrible. And then you're like, oh, poor wee fella, but he, he just needs to stop, you know. And, and the more I think about it, the more that behaviour is sinister from him, the more it's calculated, it's cerebral. And I just kind of, to an extent, feel like... Saying this out loud, Charlie may have been on the broad coronavirus here. Wouldn't be surprised, but what I'm saying is, listen, China have or make those face masks. We need to get more face masks, and we need to protect ourselves. We need to wash our hands. We need to do everything we can. If you can't get those face masks or any kind of gas mask type thing, all you need to do is just take like 
go into your wife's underwear drawer and just take some of like lingerie, like I don't know, thong or something, and just wear it over your face, like boom. That should protect you from coronavirus. Now, do make sure you take them from the drawer so they're clean. Don't be taking them from the wash basket because that's a bit creepy. You know, there's got to be a fine line between being safe from coronavirus and being a pervert. You know, you can't, you got to be wearing a clean thong on your face. You got to be being, not staying. You know what I mean? You need to make sure you focus on being clean and <laughs> not, not being. I don't believe I said that. Anyway. Just protect yourself, stay safe, and again, I want to apologise for Charlie bringing coronavirus here. Um, I'm I'm embarrassed for him, to be honest. That's a sort of him. Other than dying of coronavirus, um, I had a pleasant week. You know, I had I had uh, lots to be doing. In fact, you know, last time we talked on the podcast, I said I was feeling terrible after the family weekend. Well. I'll let you know I had to take Monday off work because of my headache just wouldn't go. But you'd be pleased to know my, that my toma is away now. And I just had a nice time. I did. I was at Pug Uglies on Thursday. I wasn't actually emceeing it in the end because, again, recovering. But uh, it was a nice time. I had Teresa Livingstone on headlining. I had Patty McGacky, um opening, who, again, if you don't know Patty, please f- check him out if you ever see him on any lineups because he's so, so, so funny. Um... And Woodsy emceed, who you did a great job. And then just to add to the banter, we had drop-ins from Diona Doherty and Mickey Bartlett. So, I mean, what a night. You know, it was a really, really good, fun night. The next Pugs is back on the, I want to say, fucking 13th of April, maybe. Uh, but then no, it's March. Obviously, it's not April, because why the fuck would it be April? Um, The 13th, no, the 12th of March, January, February, March. Is the next one, and it's Colin Gaddis headlining. So that will will be another big, big seller. So if you're coming to that, get your tables reserved now. It's going to be a very good time. Um, and yeah, other than that, I was doing uh, a little bit of, a little bit of, a little bit of filming this week. Don't want to say too much because it's not something I'm filming to put out out. You know, like out online, like a like a short or anything. I'm just I'm recording a bit of a taster to pitch stuff to people to be like look this is this is a a vision I see you know what I'm going to put it on my my Patreon I'll upload the video on my Patreon for you for you to see so if you're patrons you'll get the same wee project it's a taster of a longer thing I've written but I feel like nowadays you can't really show people what you're all about if you just have a script because for me especially in my sense of humour I like to have yeah, I like I like to have the actions be funny as well as just what people are saying, you know. So that's why I think a wee bit of a taster shows people the vibe, the tone, everything. So I'm very excited about this. I think it's very funny, and um, yeah, it was it was great. I had a great wee cast involved there as well. I had Shane and Butler playing um very different characters to what they usually do. Um, I was basically playing an elevated version of myself so easy to do then um we had tara kush was there playing a a, a, lo- a lovely little little so-and-so and then we had diona doherty there too who is great and i haven't really done anything with her since like the fnt day so it was nice to get diona involved and i had rosie mcclellan there playing my character's wife so it was a it was a nice set uh, it was a nice couple of days of filming was was all shot and edited and stuff by michael foster tv 
Michaelfoster.tv. It's his website. Get on it, Michaelfoster.tv. Book him for any kind of filming job and work. And you know what's best in the business? The, the man makes my stupidity look amazing. You know, I can't, like, it's one of these ones where, like, you're, you sort of think, oh, it's good to have a friend that does this kind of stuff. It's good that to have a friend that does this kind of stuff. But it's actually ridiculous when you have a friend who's as good as that, you know. So, and then also the other guys who were acting in it are also tip top of the game as well. So, you know, it's a, it was a great project, and, and I'm excited. I'm actually really excited to see it. I should have the first cut of it through for Tuesday or Wednesday. I've been told, and I am very excited. I said to Mick, I was like, "Oh, do you have anything on between now and then?" Like, as in to say, "Can you just squeeze it in?" And he's doing a full bit of uh, editing work for Rod Stewart. Um. I don't think it's the Rod Stewart. I think it's actually Prod Stewart, which is some kind of like um, Shankle Road Rod Stewart impersonator who sings, um, you know, loyalist songs in the style of Rod Stewart. And I mean, if if that's not out there, I think that could definitely be a niche in the market. You know, you're simply the best. Hello, hello. Yeah, so uh, by the way, just look out for Prod Shirt out there and, and, and get on it. Um, but yeah, it was fun, was able to do a wee bit of uh, like directing as well. Mm, posh am I? And I say by that, just re- saying action and then making sure people read things the way I wrote it. So it wasn't hardly exactly in that, but it was it was nice to, to do something like that for myself. You know, so I'm very keen to see it and uh, let me see what we've been at for time i feel like i've been speaking for about seven hours and it's only been half an hour so I'll probably bounce on the on the listeners questions here in a second but as per usual on the sly guy podcast we have to thank our sponsor and as you all know hopefully you're drinking this by the way because i've been plugging it now for three weeks and i want to see if you are put it online tag them tag me so i know you're fucking skulling the sauce brought to you by Modest Beer. Modest, as you know, are a little independent brewery crafting small batch beers for discerning drinkers, brewed and canned in your boy's hometown of Hollywood, County Down. And hey, if you're keen to know more, contact Modest Beer on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at the very convenient at Modest Beer or go to their website www.modestbeer.co.uk to find your nearest stockist. And also exciting news from Modest this week, they're bringing their beers to draft. What? What about that for expansion? You get them in the tins and now they're going on draft as well. So Modest is just heading on up there. So whenever it's the it's the number one beer going, you'll know it all started off here. You know, if you haven't heard of it anywhere, you can be like, fuck, that was a really good recommendation. And that's how you know I only give the best recommendations. You know, and I think my elbow just popped there, which is not a good sign to to have to anyway listeners questions Jodie Short if you could be a guest on any podcast in the world which one would you choose I'd go for the church of what's happening now or this past weekend say I like that that shows that Jodie's interested in similar kind of podcasts to myself I always try to listen to the church of what's happening now and it's would be it, the one the podcast I listen to every week without fail is the king and the sting Theo Vaughan and Brennan Schaub Fighter and the Kid, I try to get as well, and also Tiger Belly. They'd be ones I would listen to every single week. I sort of dip in and out of Crystal A's Congratulations podcast a bit because it's had me feeling it as much of late. 
you know and then Joey Diaz Church of What's Happening Now he's always there as well love Joey Diaz in my opinion he's one of the best stand-ups in the world and he's his podcast like there's no cancelling him he just is ridiculous um but if you're talking about like which podcast I enjoy it would be those ones probably Tiger Belly would be one of the most fun ones to go on um but if I'm being completely you know thinking of my myself and my my career so to speak you gotta say joe rogan because that's the number one podcast to go on if you go on that you get hits you get listeners you have bums on seats so probably selfishly joe rogan would be the one i want to go with and also i get out of the house for like six hours or whatever the length that podcast is so that would be um pretty good but also good good choice of podcast you listen to as well uh jody respect um Helena said, Shane mentioned on the Boytown podcast that you were away having a procedure in Turkey. How did it go? Whoa, that's an original one, me going away to have a procedure. Oh, I wonder if... Maybe go back and listen to how many podcasts of Boytown I have done that he said that on. Probably all of them. Um, no, obviously I wasn't away having a procedure. If I went to Turkey to have a procedure, the only thing I would need to do would be have a penis enlargement because... It always helps. But I wouldn't have a hair transplant. I'm just going bald. I nearly got the shave this week. I went and got my hair cut yesterday. And I, and I just said to my barber, Mikey, said, Mikey, shave me. And he's about to do it. But then I just thought, actually, maybe not because of a few things to do this week. And I wasn't sure I'm a filming anything that I need to have my hair for. And I was like, did I have? Have I had continuity issues with my hair? And I thought, no, I'll just, I'll just keep it. And then also, I couldn't be arsed in work being like, oh, you've, yeah, yeah, I got a fucking head shave. I've had my head shaved before, I'll have my head shaved again. Stop getting on like it's a big deal. <sighs> Maybe it is. Um, in terms of my teeth, I love my gap teeth. It makes me a beautiful singer. La -da -na 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 -na. Beautiful, isn't it? Um, but yeah, don't, don't listen to that dick. He talks shit. And the Boy Town podcast this week I haven't even listened to because I wasn't on it. It was Shane and Butler, so it's probably the same old bullshit that's always whenever I'm not on these two e roots talking shit about me. But guess what? I'll be back in Boytown this week. There'll be some heads clattered together. We're in a new studio. I'm keen to see how the acoustics work for that. I stripped down Boytown Towers this week, took all the uh, soundproofing off the walls and took this, the, the, the big poster sign down. So, you know, it's going to be a new... A new look boy town from this week, probably a very on the go look this week, but from next week we're get we we've grand plans. Boy town is going very much like Bill Clinton's dick. It's getting up. It's going up, baby, it's gonna be up, it's gonna be there, it's gonna be sucked by interns, but boy town is on the rise, my friends. Um Chloe has said Hey big guy <laughs> Out of the comedy squad, who would you rate as the best and worst? in sense of style and if you could swap styles with any of them who would you pick chloe see to be fair you fucking hell they're a bunch of fucking tards a lot of them like none of them you would look at and go that's a great style you know you have fucking mickey just has i don't know what mickey's got going on with his style he's like he combines so many different looks it's like he's he likes to wear that hat now, that Peaky Blinders hat. So he's got the Peaky Blinders hat. He wears like a pilot jacket. He wears leather wristbands, like as if he's in The Lost Prophets. And everyone knows that that's not a good thing to be associated with. And um, then he wears like skin, skinny jeans and like high tops. It's just too many things going on. What's he trying to be? 
Just be yourself, my friend. Just take a pair of tracky bottoms on and t-shirt. You'll be grand. McCann looks like he looks like a big boy. You know, one of those like from that that chain of restaurants. He's too much color going on. It's like he's a mix between a cartoon and a big boy. Which you know, at his age, stop. Get us. He, you know, probably mo- the most comfortable style. But again, he always wears a hat. It looks like Elmer Fudd. You know, he loves all that out, out, outdoor terrain, that uh, <laughs> that camouflage stuff. He's kind of like a real life version of Elmer Fudd. You've got to be fair, Woodsy's got a relatively decent style. He keeps it plain and simple. He's in a nice black T-shirt. He likes, you know, I'm I'm swaying towards Woodsy. Shane tries fashion. I say tries fashion, he just sees someone and he thinks hip and cool and he copies them. And he's a weird shaped guy. His head's weird. His arms are very long, so it looks odd. Like, I think Butler was showing, telling me that he, he did Ergle a few weeks ago and wore like an, an old vibrant rugby top. I was like, man, what are you doing? Is it old? Is it vibrant? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. He tries to do too much. And then Kieran Bartlett just kind of, he just kind of looks like he's always wearing pyjamas. So, I mean, out of all the guys... Um, I'd probably swap styles with Woodsy, mainly because it's straightforward, basic chic. Like myself, I'm just a man who wears a black t-shirt and jeans. I'm a simple man. In many respects, I'm like a monk. All money I make goes towards just my family. And I say goes towards, not like I put it towards. I bring money in the house. I come in, my wife hits me with a bar of soap and a sock and just robs me every time. I should be more uh, aware of her attack, but um, I'm not. So yeah, I mean... I don't think any of them have a good sense of style, I think, in terms of of rating them from best to worst. I can't separate McCann and Mick in terms of worst, but then again, you know, Mick does produce some nice outfits sometimes. It's whenever he combines them all and he he doesn't know his own style, I don't think. He tries to impress people, and I think that's an issue. Shane's the same. He tries to, he, he just doesn't stick to what, if he sticks to what he knows, he looks good. But Woodsy's the best style, I would say, and the worst is probably. Mick, I'd say, yeah, I think he'd probably admit that himself. Um, and people, people be like, oh, you're one to talk, but hey, I'm a simple man. I'm a happy man. I'm a monk, you know, and I'll continue to be a simple style man, and that's that. Um, Michael Kerr's has said, or it could be Michael Kerr. Who knows? At the S, I don't know what's going on there. Hey, Dave, just a question. It's been really bothering me recently. <laughs> What's your perfect Sunday? I love that. That's my that Michael is my sense of humor. It's such a strange like the thought that you're actually struggling to, you know, sleep at night, be like, fuck. <laughs> oh no. What what is what does Dave think is a perfect Sunday? Ah, um But since it's been really bothering you, I'll try to I'll try to I'll try to figure out here what I would say is the perfect Sunday. Um I'd like it for Holly to get a wee lie in. That'd be nice. In fact, I'd say what it would be would be a good Sunday to start for me. It'd be for me to wake up before the family, have my wee cry as I do every day, um, and then get up and go to the gym, get a pump on in the gym, have a nice workout. Maybe still get no text from Catherine, which normally would be the morning text. But if she I don't get that text through, it means they're still asleep. That's a good sign. So that'd be great. I get a pump. Maybe if they still don't text, I'll hit the steam room. I like exfoliate my face, you know, have a nice shower. I like to th- spend a lot of time in the shower. I like to think in the shower. I like to plan things in the shower. Um, I'll go as far to say the best planned attacks in life have been made in the shower. I, I would fully believe that. Then I would get into a nice 
clean clothes probably like that smell soft they smell nice they smell fresh get those babies on I go back to the house when I get home I just so find that Catherine and Holly are up both of them are having breakfast but Catherine's gone hey I thought I'd just surprise you by making you a breakfast you know um, and I'd be like oh what's for breakfast she'd be like listen I know you've been to the gym you've had a big pump off workout you can't really be eating too much shit so to speak so I just put it on a cafetiere of of nice lavazza coffee for you I've got a fresh croissant from the bakery and I've just got you two sausages and toast wolf that down mate that'd be great then I'd recover a wee bit from the gym and be like right that's Time for exercise number two. Let's get ourselves out somewhere for a walk. Let's do some national trusting. I'd be all about that. Go somewhere with the, with Catherine and Holly. Go for a nice walk. Then come home. Hopefully there'll be an Arsenal match on that they'd win. That'd be nice on a Sunday. The house would be nice and cosy and warm. Do that. Get a nice Sunday dinner on to get together. Eat that up. Holly's like, I'm sleepy dad. Put me in the bath with no fighting. Because normally it's a nightmare to get her in the bath. She cleans her teeth, she lets you wash her hair, does everything without being any skits. She's like, right, I'm sleepy now, I love you all, I'm going to bed, bam. Then, have a bit of time, just me and her to kick back. You know, probably having her nice Sunday dinner by that point. And then, we get a nice dessert. But again, the dessert, for some reason, is no calories, wow. And you just eat that down, and then you just get a nice uh, evening in front of the TV. Now, if Catherine's working on that Sunday and has to go to bed early, if it's going to be the perfect Sunday... One of my best mates, Daniel, he's back from London. He lives in London, but he's my cinema guy, so he's actually back. And then we go and see a film that turns out to be really good. Like, the thing that I'm looking at seeing at the minute that I think that looks really good is The Invisible Man. Because I always enjoyed the pro- the premise of The Invisible Man. I also enjoyed the film Hollow Man. And now I feel like this is kind of like a mix of The Invisible Man and Hollow Man. And I'm excited to see it. So that would be a, what would be an ideal Sunday for me. Mick, and I'm also going to say to you, hopefully now you'll be able to sleep as well, knowing um, that you have finally got the answer to what I would say would be a perfect Sunday. Um, Craig Walker said, Hola David de Elliot, uh, have you seen the UFCs coming back to Dublin this year? If so, is that something you'd be keen to attend? Or will you and your friend be reigniting the breakfast club at Dave's house the next day to watch the action? P.S. If you want to just go down and egg that place, I fucked you over at your comedy show a few weeks back. I'm totally up for that also. Um, you know what? I, I wouldn't go to watch the UFC in Dublin because I don't think the card would be that great. Um, I would like to go to see some live UFC, but I would, I'd love it to be a big one. And if it's on in Dublin, it'll probably not be super late, so we'll probably just watch it anyway. You know, Maybe have a few pints to it because it's not going to be dead in the middle of the morning. So that's an option, you know. So, But for sure, if you're going down there, fire some eggs. Um, the way the international um, <clears throat> Willie Palmer said hey man have spides ruined North Face for all of us um, yeah I mean spides are definitely wearing a lot of North Face these days it's definitely the go the go to brand of a smick um, but I mean I don't think they have ruined it I think if anything it's a good sign because it means a good brand like that's become more affordable because obviously um, but I just think generally people like are wearing a lot more what would be considered, you know, posher brands, and I don't like to see it. It's good to see the old school Smick brand, Aless back, Elise, Aless, whatever. It's good to see that back too. It reminds me of my days as a youth, wannabe Smick, and it's nice to see that back. Luther has said Nicholas Cage's best film. Mm. 
He's a mad fella, though, on Pup. Face off, bad lieutenant, Con Air, classics. You know what? It's hard to call because Nick Cage is great. And Con Air or Face Off would be two that I'd probably off the bat just go, yes, they are are up there. But there's so many um, Nicolas Cage films you don't know about. There's one I saw recently that I actually thought was brilliant. I'm just going to go in to the filmography of Nicolas Cage, which um, will be something, I'm sure, uh, in its own right. Let me see. Uh, Nicolas Cage filmography. Let's... Go and have a look. Some of these classics that he's been in. Um, Con Air, Face Off, City of Angels, Snake Eyes. I tell you what, he's making absolute bangers around 1998. Um, more recently, what was the one that I watched that I thought was really, really enjoyable? Um, of course he was great in, in, in Kick-Ass. That was good, bad lieutenant. What was the one? Was there something? There's something to do with like the frozen ground. That's what it was. Really enjoyed that film. Um, and let me see what else he's been in. Flipping hell. He sort of he's quieting down a wee bit as he's hit the hit the late the late teens there with kind of I mean a lot of shit films. But the frozen ground was a 2013. I would recommend you checking that out. Drive Angry was one that I enjoyed and I shouldn't have enjoyed because it was shit. Same can be said about Bangkok Dangerous, also shit, but I uh, enjoyed it but just for the Nicolas Cage. Um, the Nicolas Cage effect. But you know what? I'm going to say Gone in 60 Seconds was great too. Um, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes is up there. Snake Eyes. Con Air. And I like, I like The Rock as well because Sean Connery, the fucking bastard, was in that sticking things up people's asses. Um, but yeah, probably Snake Eyes or Con Air for me. Or The Rock. Nah, fuck it, The Rock. The Rock's his best. There you go. You've really given me a difficult question there, Luther. Lufa. So I appreciate that. Um, Violin Mick, Mick Conlon, has said, If you had pursued a career in pro wrestling, what would your finishing move be? Like me, you're big and athletic. My money would be in a shooting star press. Nah, man, scared of heights. Wouldn't go near the top rope, let alone flick my body in a way that could potentially dislocate my head from my body so my finisher would be mm, I mean it'd be some sort of leg drop like Hollywood Hogan that puts you down doesn't it or just running really fast into your side I think that would be another one just devastate you just throw you into one rope and I'd run into the other rope not the facing rope it would be like a 90 degree impact and I just run into side of you and bounce you out of the ring the, the side body belly bounce would be my special move I think Um. But yeah, it'd be pretty, pretty dope, man. Um, let me see, two more questions, I think. I'll just double-check if there's been any more. And by the way, in case I've missed your question, anybody, um, I put the call out for questions on Thursday, and then just kind of, obviously, have other people messaging me about things and whatnot, and just kind of might have missed a few. So again, apologies if I have. Hopefully I haven't, but um, if I have, saws. Um... Phil McSee has said, big league question for you this week, Davey, my guy. Best metal vocalist. <sighs> it's between Bruce Dickinson and the one and only Dio for me. Now, as you know, if you're fans of the podcast, I'm a big Dio fan. Um, but again, love Maiden as well. Um, and Bruce Dickinson is very, very good. I think Dio just, just scoops it for me because I just like his 
husk a bit more. You know, Bruce Dickinson's like, Lyle, run to the hills, run for your life. Whereas Dio's like, uh, we're after the witch. You know, he's a bit more about that, and I like that. You know, like, I like a bit of husk in my voice. Like, other lead singers I really like are, like, metal singers. Like, Lane Staley of uh, Alice in Chains, Chris Cornell, Phil Anselmo, Eddie Vedder, Corey Taylor, and Oddly Hard Jones of Killswitch. I like his kind of style, but... you know, I like I like those guys. Like Pearl Jam is probably my favorite band, but in terms of just singing, I'd give it to RJD all day. You know, RIP RJD. But Bruce Dickinson is unbelievable. Also, just another RIP shout out to a great rock singer, Lemmy. There's a guy I liked, very distinctive, but maybe he's taking the husk a little bit too far. But Phil, that's the kind of question I enjoy. Something that makes my, my brain work in a subject that I'm very interested in. So, more like that kind of stuff, please. And the final question for the day is from the boss, Nathan Goncelia. He said, hey, Davey, have you ever accidentally stumbled across a spot of dogging in your travels? Or perhaps um, someone jacking alone in the woods? It's not at all titillating. It's just mildly embarrassing. Hashtag Giants Ring. I wouldn't say I've accidentally stumbled across a spot of dogging. I would say I've came across it. On a couple of times. Well, I actually, we were going to film a sketch one night. True story. Myself, Michael Foster and Shane. And we drove up to this, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Balaminoch Park, maybe, I think it was. And just pulled in. And there was two cars in there. An older man and an older woman. It was an affair, for sure. But when we pulled up, both of them got into their respective cars and just scurried away ASAP. Then also went down to my parents' house, who lived around the back of Crawfordsburn Country Park. Drove down there we lane and just saw some guy just lying back, light on in the car, head back, just being jacked off by some woman. And I mean, she was definitely had her like butt up in the air, so it looked like they were potentially going to transition from what was an odd angle jack off into some form of soison neuf type manoeuvre, which would have been, you know, would have been interesting. I definitely would have pulled over and, and probably start jacking to that for sure. But um, you know, luckily that was in my younger days. Now that I'm a bit older, a bit wiser, probably would have just, you know, killed the lights in the car and just watched <laughs> Anyway, guys, I feel like uh this podcast was mental this week. I don't know um how you found it. Um but hopefully you enjoyed it and also hopefully you still keep sharing it because again, as I say, I've really appreciated the support since I've switched over from the weird podcast to the Sly Guy podcast. Um, anyone that shares it on Instagram stories and Twitter or whatever, just, I love it. The more people see it, the better it is for the podcast, the better it is for us. And also, yeah, thank you. You know, just keep spreading the good word. And if you want to contribute a bit more, get over on the Patreon, Sly Guy podcast. Check that out as well. Um, again, I'll be putting my project out there and there's, I'm just recording another wee bonus podcast to go out um tomorrow so yeah i'm I'm maybe trying to get a wee bit more of this mood and throw it into that podcast but guys thank you for your ears and enjoy the rest of your week and make sure you cover your faces for coronavirus fuck's sake